Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Check-In by TMR. My guest for this episode is Rick Stifler, the Senior Vice President of Global Leisure Sales at Preferred Hotel Group. Rick's been with Preferred for more than two decades. He's done a lot with the company. He's seen the company sort of grow over the past 21 or so years. He's built these big initiatives. He's had a first hand in building Preferred's Pride platform, something that was launched very early and sort of served at this model for Pride platforms for a lot of other hotel companies. He's obviously so extremely passionate about Preferred, about hotels, about the travel industry, about what the industry can do for the world, all things that are abundantly clear in this interview. He's also very passionate about helping travel advisors build their business. I think it's obvious he recognizes how big of a role advisors have in the ecosystem that is the industry. But more than that, his his first job out of college was actually at a travel agency, something that joins this theme that comes up over and over again in these interviews with these uber successful people um, and something that I really don't think you should just throw away. There are very clearly skills and experiences that are important to build a successful career, successful life. And working at a travel agency seems like the perfect place to do that for so many people. I really think that is something to consider and something to keep in your head as you go about your everyday work. There are two things I just want to highlight before I play the interview. The first one is that he gives me an answer about the importance of travel. And I think I've said it before in this podcast. I, I know I said this before in this podcast. But traveling when you can, not for work, not for business, not to grow your network, not to make a sale, it's it's going to be so important for the growth of the industry. Seeing places and meeting people without this pretext of making that sale or building that relationship is, is one of the only ways the industry is going to continue to grow, I think. Knowing the experience of the consumer, knowing what your neighbors who don't have an at travel company email address think is going to be important for everyone. Rick recommends it in the interview. Be a tourist, and lose your connections, lose lose your book for, for a few weeks every year, and I think you'll be better off in uh, your perspective. The second is that Rick mentions being a tourist in his hometown, which is New York, during the pandemic. And again, I know that's sort of on the other end of things, but it's, it's something that I've spoken about before in this podcast. Wherever you live, how urban or suburban or rural your environment is, there's inevitably going to be history, there's going to be lives that have been lived all around you and knowing what happened and what where you're sort of standing is, is going to add so much context to your life and it's going to make things like your drive to work or your walk around your neighborhood that much more enjoyable i know getting out of where you live is an important part of being a member of this industry but recognizing that where you live is also somewhere else for some other person maybe will help put things in perspective and uh, bring a little more joy to your life. I want to thank Rick for talking to me. Uh, he, he, I really did enjoy the conversation. It was the first time I've met Rick. We might have bumped into each other, but we've never had a full conversation. Uh, I really did enjoy it. He was, he was a very, very much a joy to talk to. I want to thank all of you too for listening. Hopefully, you'll enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So let's check in with Rick. Hi, hi, Rick. So you're 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 uh, so uh, I want to also mention too when I was doing research for this, you're the second guest that I had when I when I've sort of searched your name on Google where the New York Times wedding announcement has come up. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. So it's just it's just 
I, I think this is cool. It's been sort of, it's been a thread that's been uh, followed throughout some yeah. of these interviews. Well, you know, we were determined to get that in, you know, you kind of, kind of actually fought, forgot about it and, you know, not ever been married and you're just listening to the advice of some of your, your girlfriends that have done it. And they were, then you mentioned, oh yeah, it'd be great to get into the New York Times. They're like, what, you haven't applied yet? You know, it was... <laughs> what there's a timeline you gotta get this done in advance and everyone's panicking and like i think we had a couple of weeks to even get it done and um yeah and so we just kind of put it in and then they came back and uh, said they needed a modified picture and we were literally just getting back from, i was just got back from italy and i'm like scramming uh at the last minute to kind of do an, a modified picture that you had to put into the and we didn't we didn't even know if we we're gonna get in or not and it was just surprising that uh i had a lot of clients the following uh week sending me all these congratulations emails from other parts of the of the country and uh so it was nice yeah we we're, i'm glad we made it <laughs> yeah and so are you in new york right now yeah i'm in new york i live in new york city okay and i know the preferred office is on like i i it's on six right it's kind of near the park yeah we're at um 1350 so we're uh, uh 55th and 6th okay and you've been how you've lived in New York a long time, I assume. Yes, um, I have. I know you're trying to get my age out here, uh, but I've lived in. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I've had the pleasure yeah. and the wonderful pleasure of living in New York. Uh, gosh, 26 almost. Uh, yeah, over 26 years now. I moved here in 1995, summer of 95. I was living in Australia at the time in Sydney, and I moved straight from Sydney from having an amazing uh, six month, seven month adventure, and uh, moved to New York to actually to start school again. So. I moved straight from Sydney to New York City uh, in the summer of 1995. I finished university and then I um, I loved, I always just loved theater on the side, even though I had a government degree and our public administration degree. And I, I auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and uh, here in New York City and was accepted into the program. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, so I was in Sydney, just kind of had a fun run in Sydney. I went there on a holiday, I was actually working at a travel agency um, right out of college in Washington, D.C., Carlson Travel back in the day. Um, and just part-time, just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I got hired with this agency and I would go on these fam trips. Um, love the lady by the name of Ann Skelly, who's kind of an icon in the industry, um, was the manager there. And, uh, I call her my second mom. And, uh, so yeah, as I was working for the agency, I discovered what a, uh, travel agent rate was and a fam trip was, and got this great trip to Sydney and went there and like, two and a half weeks uh, for a vacation and uh, was backpacking across Australia. And I think the last day I was there with uh, in Sydney, I got a, met a modeling agent and they said, Hey, you want to come back? I'll put you to work. And I'm like, oh, sure. No, you know, problem. <laughs> so literally four weeks later, I like back in Sydney, I quit, got on my apartment and talked to my boss, Ann, and she's like, you're young, you got to live your life. She helped me get a six month visa. And I had $500 in my pocket and I moved back to Sydney and hey, got a job and signed with an agency and had an uh, amazing, amazing time. And then I moved straight from Sydney to New York. That's I've heard that story a lot. Uh, not 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 your extended story, but sort of the starting out of the travel agency or starting yeah. out working at a travel agency. That seems to be such a similar background. So many people, especially people, prominent people in the industry have. Yeah, it does. I mean, it, it, you know, there's it's, it's amazing to see all the new careers now in travel with so many great agencies that are out there and they're, you know, just reinventing the will and the travel advisor, you know, it's just, and bringing a lot in. I think a great agency who does that is SmartFly or with Michael Holston and Arena. They do this amazing job of bringing all these new, um, new talent into their company. And it's just um, those that have won a second career and not have actually been brought up in travel and just love travel. And uh, just decided to, you know, switch careers, and they've done a very good job about recruiting um, new new um, hires like that. And I think a lot of new agencies uh, have done this. 
And uh, travel is just something you'd love to do. And you, when you realize you can make a nice career out of it, it, it is a, it's a, definitely a career opportunity, a second new life for a lot of people who just want to transition from being that lawyer or being in finance and just want to do something that they really have a passion about. And I think for me too, it was just, it was very similar to, I got into travel because I was, you know, I was raised a military kid. I, my dad was in the Air Force. So I moved around every two years. And I just kind of growing up that way and moving around every two years was a, uh, just travel was in my, in my nature, my DNA. And so when I was offered this job with the travel agency, I was like, yeah, you know, I'd love to travel and why not? I knew, was clueless about um, travel in the sense I've never went to any type of travel school or anything like that. I just yeah. kind of watched the ladies on their computer, learned Apollo and uh, sold my first cruise package in the, the first week, I think $5,000 on something. And Anne said, you're going to make me a lot of money. Stay, stay around, stay around for a while. So um, no, it's been great. And so I just transitioned from travel into hotels. So it was very um, not, I never, I, I just hate to admit this, but I never actually worked on property at a hotel. Um, I worked in, uh, from, from little in travel, corporate travel, working here in New York City, and I worked three years at a, uh, Calvin Klein, the travel department, mm -hmm. and um, so I ran the travel there for three years and in, in house at, at Calvin Klein, and from Calvin Klein, I moved to Preferred, and that was in August of 2000. Yeah, so it's been it's 21 years, yeah. probably when you were just getting out of preschool. No, I was... I don't know. I don't know how old you are getting out of preschool, but uh, that's... I mean, that's over two decades with the company. There has to be a level of... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously you have to love your job and love your role, but I mean, what's the secret for sticking with the company for over two decades? Well, I mean, I, I'm fortunate to work for, you know, a family-owned company. I think that's actually a big part of the success. I mean, when I first started um, back in 2000, it was preferred hotels and resorts. Um, and then um, we actually, there's been a lot of transitions. It's, it's quite interesting. And so it was, uh, I think a year or two in it, we went to the Independent Hotel Corporation, IndyCorp, where we acquired other brands. And I think the... The, the Ubroth family, um, who own the company now, uh, John Gale Ubroth and uh, Lindsay, the CEO, acquired the company back in 2004. And so they've had the company since then. And so, um, and we've, you know, went through a lot of transitions of changing into Preferred Hotel Group, back to Preferred Hotels and Resorts, acquiring a lot of new components like our PhD consulting division and um, Historic Hotels of America and the world, Beyond Green. And so it's always been evolving and changing. And so I think that for me, it's um, it's always a lot, a lot of growth. And I just love working for this company. And especially this last couple of years, it really had so much value to me to be working for a family-owned company because it's, you know, it was a hard two years for many of us in the hotel industry or in the hospitality industry altogether, um, whether you're on the travel side or hotel side. So, you know, working with a, comp with a company that was family owned and knowing that they truly cared about everyone, it really made a difference. And um, it was great. You know, you kind of rolled up your sleeves and got through um, the first uh, 2020 for sure. I always called it the art of the hustle. You know, if you didn't know how to hustle in 2020, you weren't making it. And um, so, yeah, from there, and then now we're kind of getting back into full, on full swing of it again. So it's been um, unique experience. I think this last two years for so many of us, but, you know, coming out strong and we're looking forward to having an amazing uh, 2022. Yeah, I mean, just cause you mentioned it, how was it in like early 2020, especially cause you're in, you're in Manhattan too. So yeah. I imagine like you see, you see all these headlines about people just leaving the city in droves. You see headlines about the death of the travel industry. It had to be hitting you on like a professional and a personal level too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I think there's two parts of it. I think one for the travel advisor community, it really was amazing. It was a great time for the, for the consumer to really value the, um, the, 
travel advisor and to use a travel advisor because we're so many you heard the stories of you know cancellations and getting yeah. stuck and then who you calling you know your online travel agency so the value of the travel advisor really was heightened in the last uh, two years for sure so that's been a, that was one of the positives I'm living in the city for so long and living right in the city. I lived down in West Chelsea. It was um, it was a unique experience because normally my life is 70% on the road. I was like looking at my, uh, in 2019, uh, excuse me, 2020, when I did my last flight, I realized I had like, you know, almost 100 flights in 2019. And it was going from that to not traveling for a little over a year. Um, my last trip was like a March 13th coming back from Atlanta. And I was just been being grounded probably till the following April, I think it was my first back on a plane. That was a big a bit of a shocker, you know, always yeah. being traveling so much um, consistently. And I've, I've always enjoyed travel. But at the same time, I think I took the, um, the opportunity to, the, the other positive part of it was the opportunity to really re-engage where I live. And, um, you know, living in the city for so long, it would, you always are constantly maybe leaving the city because you do travel a lot. And um, so it was the first time that a, it was great that my relationship lasted. Um, we, uh, everyone said the positive things is that, you know, I'm still married to my husband and I still uh, fit into my um, suit jacket. So that okay. was the two things I was looking for. That was the positives. But really, the, for me, it was really re-engage where I lived and knowing your backyard and taking that opportunity to explore again. And, you know, even though at times it was quite traumatizing in, in areas where you would go out and, you know, you'd be the only person on the streets and, you know, in New York City was really impacted first really hard. Um, but, you know, we had our same group of friends that would just kind of walk through the village in the meatpacking district through those early March, April, May months of 2020 and be the only ones on the street, you know, and we'd find out that little restaurant that would be able to give us a, a cocktail in a soup container and let us walk around without having to buy, you know, a hundred dollar meal to get a, a, get a drink. And we just did that for, you know, every weekend. And that's what we did. And it was just a wonderful way to really appreciate where I live and to re-engage with the city that I love so much. And I didn't run away from it. You know, we didn't have that second home to run to because we travel so much. And this was our home. So I didn't also didn't want to run, run from it. It was quite a unique experience. Um, it, it's a challenging experience at times, but some also experience I wouldn't trade. I'm in uh, Brooklyn. So I, I, I had a similar experience. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think we had a little, I think it just seems like you have a way, at, like we have a car here too, so we can drive around a bit. Um, yeah, I didn't have a car. We didn't have a car. And actually one of our highlights of 2020 is our, one of my uh, best friends lives over there in Dumbo. And we all just kind of invited us over. I think it was like middle of May, close to Memorial Day. And we actually just kind of packed up and walked from West Chelsea over to Dumbo, okay. about an hour and a half or so. And I, from being in the city where it's just landlocked and always used to travel, it really felt like an international trip. So <laughs> we kind of, we, we, he wasn't too favorable for us because we kept bragging him about, oh, do we need a visa? What kind of currency do they take yeah. there? You know. <laughs> but I um, mean, to go to Brooklyn and actually explore Brooklyn and Brooklyn Heights was such a, a thrill because I, I always get to visit Brooklyn so much and to being landlocked and not traveling and actually doing that walk over to Brooklyn was something we still talk about to this day. It was actually really special. Yeah, I'm in I'm in uh, North Brooklyn. I'm in Greenpoint. So even like even getting to, I, I love going down to Brooklyn Heights because I think that's probably the best neighborhood to be in. It just it just it just yeah, seems like yeah. it was it was great. They had all the restaurants kind of open where you could go and just kind of grab, you know, bites and a drink and just walk around through the city and explore and uh yeah, it was, it was actually quite nice. So there was a lot of positive things that um, in 2020 that 
especially you know rediscovering your backyard and also rediscovering where you where you um, just in within your region because regional travel was so so big in the last two years still is you know a lot of our hotels even though um, it was challenging to travel internationally a lot of our hotels and the drive market and the regional drive market did very well people just wanting to also get out of the city so and for me who's always outbound I really got to rediscover what was local I mean going up to places like New Hampshire and visiting my properties up in Maine and on the Cape and um, that was that was wonderful and to have that bit of escape but also kind of discovering what's in your backyard which I think was very a lot of people did so as we still come out of it and international travel picks back up and things are uh, less restrictions, I still think that market's still going to be very strong. So there was a big discovery for what was locally within your drive market. Um, so I think still moving forward in the leisure travel is going to be a great combination of the two. Yeah, and I, I, have a, I have a few questions I wanted to ask you that I sent you that I know you prepared yeah. for. And I don't want to miss them, but I, I do want no, to ask you. I'm memorizing you, everything. No, just kidding. <laughs> just because you mentioned it, like things are picking back. I'm hearing from all uh, travel agents. I'm hearing from other suppliers. Like things are definitely picking back up. And like, how much do these positive news announcements make a difference in the short term in your business? Like like when you see uh, countries opening up, Australia, you mentioned that you were there. Oh. Australia had good news it was opening up. Yeah, February 21st, we're yeah. excited. I talked to my colleague, I was talking, speaking with her last night and we're just thrilled. I'm like, is it, is it time for Mardi Gras? They doing Mardi Gras. But yeah, we're, I'm, we're excited that other areas are definitely opening back up, you know, where Asia Pacific has definitely been landlocked. Um, and when you look at Australia and other, you know, countries in Asia Pacific, in China, it's been you know pretty much landlocked, even no inter-travel within that region. So we're excited for those markets to be opening back up. And you know, India, we also got um, you know Mongolia, uh, we have a property there, and that uh, places you know that are opening up for international travel. So there's so many of us that are craving to go back internationally and to explore again. So I'm very excited about areas like that that are reopening up. So that definitely gives you the excitement of re, you know of rediscovery and to 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 get out and about i think that always definitely helps and to to see those restrictions i mean it's been like i said it's been great support to be able to drive so much business to what's been going on within us and mexico and now canada opening back up and we had that you know big burst in last summer and uh, in europe which was great I think uh, he said. I think every friend I know um, booked that Delta direct flight to Athens when Mykonos opened up, you know, last summer. But yeah, it, it's just it's uh, kind of like that little light, you know, gold at the end of the rainbow. And it's so nice to see all these uh, restrictions, you know, opening up again. So it does seem there's a weight off of a lot of people's shoulders in the industry now that I mean borders are opening. Even even 21 seems just seemed to be better. And we had the the Omicron. And that 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 sort of I think dragged the industry or the attitude down a little bit, but it does seem does seem lighter now, and it does seem easier to talk to people. I think it was de definitely you know that was a little bit of a hit there in the holidays, but it was also a hit that people handled it differently than it, they did a year ago. Yeah. And you know we all knew that you know we we all had friends and Omicron affecting them, and the people were also getting through it. You know a lot of our, I know a lot of people I know in the travel industry are you know vaccinated or they're boosted and they, they've also had it, so. Getting through it and being okay also gave, I think, this reassurance of traveling again. I mean, it's just like, I'm re you're, you're ready to go. It's like, hey, I've done everything I can do, yeah. and I'm yeah. ready to go. It was just different. I mean, it was challenging, of course, for a month or two there, but um, there are a lot of people just kind of ready to go. Hey, we got through this, but it was a different mindset to me, to speaking to a lot of friends and just even seeing where, when I, I, I always kind of take what's going on by looking at my social media, looking at my Facebook or Instagram and seeing where my uh, clients are traveling, where my friends are traveling. And 
it's not all just in the backyard. So it's nice to see that um, international side of it bouncing back. Yeah, and I, and I know uh, I, I've had sort of the similar experience too. I feel like uh, it's, it, it did, it wasn't, I don't think it was necessarily a good thing that that uh, variant ripped through everyone so quickly. But, no. uh, but it does seem to be, again, it does seem to be provide a level of protection and people do feel more comfortable now that, uh, now that, that that's been. Yeah. Everybody. It was just kind of handled different. Just speaking to our friend. I mean, it wasn't that, that the impact that you had the, the year before when we were dealing with everything and dealing more of an unknown, you know, it's just, it's just nice to see that people are traveling again, which is good. Um, so I, I mentioned your uh, like your your uh, your videos earlier, and you I know you gave the the picks every year, and I wanted to get your take on your favorite hotels, just because you've had you have all this experience in the industry. Um, I wanted to get your take on your favorite hotels, both both with preferred and maybe maybe one or two properties outside preferred. <laughs> you're gonna get me in trouble in this, you know. You're gonna yeah, but but first the first I I I've always wanted to ask hotel people this question because I I think I have a discerning eye, but I I, I can't be completely sure. Um, because I've had experiences where I really enjoyed something and you talk to someone else and they, they've had an opposite experience. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, how would you, how would you define like a good hotel? What makes a hotel one of your favorite hotels? Um, well, I think it all comes down, you know, I mean, we all, we all are tied up in the word luxury and of course luxury um, means different things to different people. So someone from a Gen X crowd to a baby boomer think for what they want for a luxury type of property or different type of things. I think it all comes down to, you know, services one, I always think that sense of arrival is always something that's uh, your first um, impression at a property means a lot. Um, of course, we all want, you know, to have service. For me, it's like I've had some amazing experiences, amazing hotels uh, in my um, lifetime and especially working for this company. But at the same time, I'm, I'm quite happy with just being, you know, in some cozy little cottage somewhere yeah. or small B&B. That's what's offered to me. Um, just clean and, you know, the service is great. I've had amazing experiences of properties that you wouldn't think would be at a five-star level. And I've had some five-star properties that I thought that the other level was even better. So, but I mean, for my hotels, like I try, I mean, I've had the benefit of traveling a lot and I do, I'm a kind of repeat offender on, on a couple. I do love going to uh, uh, Italy pretty much every year. And I love going to Greece and Mykonos and I, one of my favorite properties, um, I love Grand Hotel Tremezzo in Lake Como. I love uh, Valentina DeSantis and her family that they do such an amazing job running that hotel. And it's just my little uh, escape on Lake Como. And I love going to, like I said, Mykonos. And um, I love the, we have a property together called Myconia Villa Collection in Elia Beach there, which is one of my favorites to stay at. And I love when I go to Italy too. I love to drive up to Switzerland. So the, a couple of years ago, I did the, um, went up to Val's uh, to our 7132, which is a quite unique design experience for a hotel up in the uh, um, Swiss Alps. And then Alpina Stad was one of my favorite designed hotels there in Stad, Switzerland. But I felt like when you're arriving to that property, you felt like you're in some kind of James Bond movie. Um, Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean? It's never just because you're kind of going into like a mountain, like you're going in the hillside when you're driving down into it for the parking. And, um, and it's just this, you know, historic, I mean, town, the Swiss town of Stad, and you have this mo this uh, absolutely amazing contemporary property. I think it was the first luxury five-star hotel built there like in a hundred years. Outside of say preferred, I loved, um, I stayed uh, a few years ago, I went to Cappadocia in Turkey and I thought what a unique experience. I stayed at the uh, hotel called Argos, which was one of those cave hotels. So, you know, you had the hotel was built in as a cave hotel inside the mountain. Oh, wow. That was a really trippy experience. I was like one of the unique experiences where I've ever traveled to a place where I felt like I was on of another planet. And I don't know if you've been to Cappadocia, but I would totally recommend it just to have some type of 
unique, different experience, especially with the topography of the area. Um, I love that. And then if I'm back in the States, I, I love going, especially being New Yorkers as we are, I love the escape up to the Cape. I mean, I'm originally from Panhandle, Florida, down in, in, in North Florida, which have the most amazing beaches. Um, but I just love a New England summer and yeah. I just love going up to the Cape. So I always like saying I love going up to, we have some properties in Chatham, uh, Waquasset Resort and Chatham Bars Inn, only about, you know, five minutes from each other. And I always like to, to be a Kennedy for a weekend. You know, okay. So I, I like to go up there and I usually tie in uh, Provincetown. So those are some of my favorites. I mean, I've, I'm excited about some new openings that we have got coming up. And we just opened up Montage Big Sky in Montana. So yeah, I've seen the renderings. I've seen, I yeah, think I've seen the photos. Yeah. I'm excited. I cannot wait. I know Montage is such an amazing brand that we have as part of Preferred. And um, I'm excited. I've never been to Montana. So I kind of want to do a little Brokeback Mountain, you know, weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tying Wyoming there. Um, I'm in like a big film buff. So that's, I mean, that's my geek thing. I love going to properties where they film, you know, where movies have been shot. Um, and um, I love, I can't wait to go and hopefully get, getting up to Scandinavia um, up this uh, this summer. And we're opening a new property called Samaro House, which is in Oslo. So that's a brand new build that's opening up there. And um, and then back down at Como, the same owners of um, Grand Hotel Tremezzo are opening a beautiful um, 22 villa property there in Como called um, Pasalacqua. So that's opening up in the summer. So I'm excited that we have some amazing new properties opening up, but I, I, and great def, def, destinations so yeah. i'm hoping to get to see those this summer too yeah so I, I, list. that seems like a boon that seems like a boon for the industry like it not just preferred to um it, yeah. the, the hotel opening announcements are just coming in constantly now and i think it's amazing it just, right yeah it's great news like all and all around the like you're getting all inclusives you're getting hotels that are clearly aimed at corporate people like you're getting all yeah. these kind of different hotels coming more and more into the industry it's it's great it's great to see the industry still booming and to see these new hotels opening up. Even with us, we had like forty plus uh, hotels we brought into the brand even last year. So um, that's been it's, it's always promising to see that. So and it's exciting to see that. Um, so I wanted to ask you. I mean, COVID seems like it seemed was the big topic of conversation over the past few years, obviously, and it still very much is. Like we spoke about COVID a good amount during this conversation, but. I mean, do you see any do you see any other big issues coming up for the for the tra for the hotel industry in particular? Any any other big risks or or long term risks that you think are going to be important for the travel industry to well, tackle? I mean, I think long term risk. But I kind of just personally, I just I, I feel that especially coming in the last two years and everything is kind of going around us when you turn on the news. It's like we really need to pay attention to like climate change. That's important for me. It's like when you um, when you take a look at even what's been going on in our own country this last year as it really relates to weather, you know, from the tornadoes to the fires to, you know, being the other day in New York City at 65 degrees on Saturday and snowing on Sunday. I mean, yeah. something's wrong with that. Yeah, and I think really, we're getting that today and tomorrow, too. I yeah, think yeah, and it's really affecting, you know, it's, uh, you know, really affecting the destinations you travel to, not only from the community, the animals, etc. And we really need to pay attention to this. And I think, you know, we really need to be a smarter traveler and um, make better choices. I mean, I'm really happy. One thing I said, I love being working for Preferred in a family company. I just, that, that we launched a new brand last um, year um, called Beyond Green, which is yeah. a brand really focused on sustainable travel. And so um, I'm so happy that the family put the investment into this brand. And so that's been another new, exciting part for us. And I think, as I said, being a smarter uh, traveler, making better choices, it's nice to have a brand that the consumers and travel advisors can go to where these hotels have been, you know, vetted, and they all have these amazing, unique, sustainable initiatives. 
So you have a place to go um, to, to book travel, to review travel and destinations, everything from lodges, hotels and resorts where you are making a difference by staying there. And this, these hotels, not only you're gonna have this most amazing stay, but you are making a difference. It's giving back to community, giving back to culture and the environment. So that's been a bit of, bit of a plus and it's a great, um, for me, it's just keeping the things new and you know learning more about new properties and, and their initiatives. And so I just think like that, I think that type of travel, I mean, it's always been popular sustainable travel, but I just think coming out of the last two years, and what we've all went through, you are going to make better choices. I think you're going to just make different decisions of where you travel, why you travel, and how you travel. And I think that's going to be more in the forefront um, in some of your choices for destinations or hotels moving forward. Just because I, we, we've, uh, I, I, this has been sort of a passion project for a lot of people in the industry, a lot of companies. I went to a Tourism Cares event at, at the Harlem mm -hmm. Theater, at uh, the Apollo Theater in Harlem a couple of years ago, yeah. and it was about what travel companies were doing. And there were some incredible initiatives. Like I know Intrepid, the tour company Intrepid is doing some incredible things with sustainability. I mean, my, my question is whose responsibility is that? Is it just sort of all of ours responsibility? Is it, is it the consumer? Well, I think we all need, yeah, yeah, I think we all need to make it a part of our responsibility in a sense, but it's nice to see so many of these, you know, just speaking on the travel side of it, you know, the hotel side of it, it's just, you know, when you kind of have a deeper dive in some of these properties. I mean, it's one thing to someone just to kind of like, you know, there's always the term greenwashing, um, where you might just, yeah, you know, I recycle my plastics or single use, I don't use single use plastics, et cetera. So I think you really need to take a deeper dive in um, some of these initiatives and properties if you do want to make an impact, because I think you can make an impact um, without ever having to, you know, um, adjust the way you currently travel because these properties are outstanding. And I bet there's pro these properties you're not even aware of that have all these amazing initiatives in place um, that you can also get involved too by staying at, at the um, at the hotels, but not you know by by staying there you are giving back because you are choosing a property that has all these sustainable initiatives in place. Not only what they incorporate at the hotel level, um, of you know how they resource their you know their F and B to how they build the hotel to everything they do outside of the hotel and to all the different initiatives as it relates to education and working with local communities. I mean, I, I love this property. We have Three Camel Lodge up in Mongolia that incorporates the entire community and town to run the hotel. And so that's, you know, not only supplying amazing property and experience, you're, you're employing the entire, you know, local community to run the hotel. So there's, um, so yeah, there are a lot of choices I think we need to make and we need to look at. And it's nice, as, like, as you said, to see all of these um, new areas where you can explore to get more information and education when you make these choices. Yeah. So I only have a couple more questions. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. This is fun. Yeah, but but I went back. So I went back to where when we did quote you in 2013 in Travel Mark Report. I cried. And it was sort of it was sort of uh, <laughs> advice for travel agents selling hotels. The advice you gave, it, I feel like it's still it's, it's going to ring true. But I wanted to sort of present present it to you and see if you want to update it at all. Um, you basically said just stop, start from the top rate and work work your way down when you're presenting these properties or these uh, options at properties to clients. Um, and that's something I've heard with cruise lines a lot. Like they like to say, start start at the suites and come down, and eventually you'll meet your consumer at the price point. But um, mm -hmm. is that is that sort of the biggest part piece of advice you could give travel advisors right now? Well, I mean, I, I feel like you know working with a lot of the advisors I that we work with. Um, don't over. You, it's funny because when you go to a lot of searches now, it's always low to high. And it's like, don't, don't be afraid to sell, sell high to low. And because there's that, there's that client base out there that wants that. So everyone always, yeah, everyone loves to have a, a, a deal, but don't always think that uh, all, all the travelers or consumers want to just start at the bottom and work their way up. 
start at the top and work way down because there's a lot of clients there. Uh, but I think, you know, just it's, it's now coming to having a choice. And I think what's been successful for us and our, and our company and our brand kind of going through the last couple of years is always having a choice, you know, having a choice for different properties from everything from ultra luxury to luxury to a life and style uh, option. And that's what's made us also successful is having different options, not putting, you know, everything in one bracket. Uh, and which kind of reaches out to more customers and different customers. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think when we made that quote, uh, it was, <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago, but it was something about, about selling high because that was actually telling, told to me from an advisor, like don't be afraid to sell from the presidential suite down because there's those clients that want that product. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen, have you seen the travel advisor population change a lot since, since you've been working at preferred, have you seen, uh, new like new trends or new pushes in, in different ways uh, the way advisors talk or sell or or even communicate yeah. oh absolutely I mean absolutely I mean I you know I was just reviewing like just kind of getting ready for this cause and reflecting over the last 21 years just working with preferred and just kind of realized that you know I've had the pleasure and uh, honor to kind of work with so many of the travel icons you know in the industry from yeah. I mean, you know, Valerie Wilson and Valerie Wilson Travel, Martin Rapp at Altsora, Andy Pesky at Pro Travel, you know, my uh, Bob Watson with Valerie, uh, Ann Skelly, as I said, that was my first Boston Travel. I mean, they've become really not amazing friends over time, but they've been such great mentors and being able to work with this caliber of travel professionals has been such an, you know, an honor and a privilege, yeah. to be honest. And then I look at kind of what's going on today, today's interest in, uh, the travel industry segment and i see these amazing um agencies like smart flyer you know with michael holtz and departure lounge and embark um and internationally like 360 privé and um, black tomato being really innovative and being um on and creative with how they position themselves to the market who they bring in and who they hire and so that's very promising that you know i know you're going to have future years in the travel business, because it's so nice to seeing all these um, new advisors coming in and creating new young agencies and knowing that travel is a great source of a, a career and income. And it's so nice that, you know, everyone's putting a new spin on it too. So I love that I got to work with a lot of the icons that are still in place. And I love to see what's, you know, coming down the road too. Yeah. And, uh, I, I know a lot of those names are still, yeah, they're still, they're still doing, oh, really yeah. Good things. They're, yeah, they're, they're all, they're, they're here. And I mean, that's just, of course, a, a sample of them. And I, you know, said so a lot of my focus has been working with a lot of the luxury groups, like say Virtuoso and Signature yeah. and MX and Traveler Made. And it's just been wonderful. Um, I think you had sent me a question about me. Why do I like travel? And it's just like, besides traveling, which I know is cliche, I do love to travel. Um, I just love working with the people. I love working with my travel advisors, kind of starting in that side of the business so many years ago. Yeah. Um, I love working with my travel advisors. They've become not such amazing colleagues over the years, but they've become such great friends. And I love working with my hoteliers and I'm being in the same position or the same company for so long, they have become really good friends over time. And also being on the independent side where all the hotels are so uniquely different. Um, so you never, you know, it's not a cookie cutter experience where I'm working with the same type of property all the time. It's always something unique, something individual uh, about the, the hotels and the people that work with the hotel. So, I mean, that two components is still why I'm doing my job. I mean, and it's been, you know, a real pleasure to kind of speak the language of the travel advisor community and always have their back and support them because they are my bread and butter and our bread and butter on, on and a successful part of our business. And, um, but at the same time, store our hoteliers, they're the two clients that we have. 
And um, so for me, it's just been a pleasure kind of working with them and just becoming, so many of them are such good friends. Yeah. It's kind of hard to separate the two with so many of them. Yeah, and I, I just want to say for me, uh, like a lot of those months during early COVID, like the uncertainty, it was nice to hear those icons. Like even if it was just messages or emails, it was nice to hear from them or hear from mm -hmm. Matt or hear Matthew Upchurch talk or Zane yeah. Asset. So, yeah, Love getting just, Matthew's emails every week. Yeah, it, it was nice. It was just like, if you worried about the future of the industry, you could sort of heard from these people, and then I, it was it was calming almost. It was uh, it was easier to sleep about the, the future um, when you know those people are sort of on your side of things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very promising. I mean, yeah, we all went through a very challenging moment the last couple of years, but as they've said before, we've been through those moments yeah. in, in throughout history, and um, we uh, and we all get through it, and we are getting through with it, and. Um, so yeah, I think our future of our, uh, future of our travel is uh, very promising. Yeah. So, so the last question I wanted to ask, and just because it was, it was a nice sort of going off of that 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 last question too, uh, things are coming full circle, kind of. Uh, Twenty one years we preferred. I mean, if if you had to give yourself advice, I guess when you were even in Australia before you sort of even before that first job with the travel agency, um, if you, advice to your younger self, I'm curious, uh, what would you say? Mm -hmm. My advice to my younger self, um, A, make, get a passport. Okay. <laughs> um, get a passport when you're, yeah, when you're young. And, um, you know, take every opportunity you have to travel and experience the world. Um, I think travel is one, you know, of the best teachers anyone can have. And, you know, when I look at kids today, or I like nephews and nieces, and everyone's, you know, finishing college, and they're jumping right into a job, you know, because probably a pressure of having to pay off those college loans or, <laughs> just the norm of, you know, have to get that job, have to get the job. I just kind of want to stop them and say, you know what, take a year off of your life or two years off your life and go travel, you know, and explore the world, because that's going to be the best lesson you're ever going to have in life than any book can teach you. And it's like, do that before you get kind of get into yeah. the workforce where then you're just kind of living for that two and three week vacation. And those opportunities may not be available as much as you think they are. So I think I just encourage anybody to travel when you're young and tra keep traveling through your life, of course. But before you kind of jump into the mainstream of the workforce, I think, you know, if you could take have the opportunity to take some time off and to experience the world and different cultures and communities, it's like, you know, it just gets back to your life and gets back to your soul, to be honest. And I think at the end of the day, it just makes you a better person. And uh, yeah, I think that's a great note to end on. I don't want to, again, I don't want to take up your whole morning, but uh, but it, I, it was really, it was honestly really great to meet you. And uh, hopefully I'll, I'll bump into you somewhere along the way too. Yeah, I'll definitely make another, uh, put in my agenda for another walk over to Brooklyn. Yeah, if, if, you're, if a, you're ever in North Brooklyn, please don't uh, hesitate. We can uh, definitely do a tour of Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, there are, there's some great there's some great restaurants out here. Uh, you just have to. Leave I know, I know. You got. Yeah. I mean, you've got all the restaurants. You got all the like hot clubs in the weekend. You got everything over there now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like an old man in West Chelsea. <laughs> well, just again, kidding. thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll see you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, all right take care. Bye bye.